0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: Exodus 32, the Bible tells us of a very anointed, powerful man of God, a prophet that have never been seen before. And that was the life of David, uh, the life of Moses. The Bible tells us that God Almighty invited Moses to the mountain, and God Almighty spoke with him, gave him a law. And as he was giving and was giving him the law, the Lord now told him, "Say, by the way, your people are killing themselves down there. They are committing adultery, and they, sorry, they are committing uh, uh, idolatry, and they are serving the works of their own hands." Bible tells us that as soon as Moses heard that particular message from the Lord, Moses was pissed. He was very angry. And on his way down, we we'll pick up the story from verse number 19 of Exodus 32. The Bible says so it was. As soon as he came near the calf, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger was it became very hot. And he cast down the tablet of his hands and broke them. At the foot of the mountain, then he took the calf, uh, which they have made, burned it in fire, ground it into powder, and he scattered it in the water and made the children of Israel drink it. Say, you like to, you like to party with the calf? You are going to drink this one. So basically what we are saying is that the Bible says that the anger, Moses became angry. And because of the anger that came to life of Moses, the Bible said that he broke what the Lord, what the Lord gave to him. The Lord was the one that gave him the tablet of stone, that wrote where he wrote the Ten Commandments, gave him the original copy. Moses was so angry, he could care less about that particular tablet of stone, he threw it into pieces, broke it into pieces. Okay? And what you will find is that this particular episode of anger is not isolated in the life of Moses. It was not. The episode of anger you will notice is something that has been continued; it's a pattern in the life of Moses. If you read Numbers chapter twenty, Numbers twenty, reading from verse number ten, the Bible says that when the Lord instructed Moses, He said, "Moses, uh, speak to the rock so that water will come out." Moses was so angry with the people of God, he, threw, he took he got to the rock, took a rock, and smacked the rock. And after doing that, he said, "Shall we bring out water out of the rock?" So you see, it's not just of the fact that he broke he broke the uh, the, the ten commandment uh, play, uh, tablet. No, Number two, he struck the rock. Number three, Moses, even in his early days, that anger has been there. The Bible says that when he saw the Egyptian maltreating another Jew, he killed that particular Egyptian and buried him in the sands. So Moses had a serious issue with anger. But the question is, where did that stronghold of anger come from? Where did it come from? Go back to Genesis 49. Genesis 49. The Bible tells us that Jacob was blessing his children. It was towards the end of his life and he was blessing his children. In verse number 5, Jacob made a very, very unusual pronouncement over the life of two of his children. Bible tells us in verse number 5, it says, Simon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger, they slew a man. And in their self-will, they hamstrung an ox. In other words, they incapacitated an ox. They broke the leg of an ox or they do something crazy so that the ox cannot function. These were real terrible guys. That's what their father was saying. You know, so you can see, you can see from this verse of the scripture that, you know, this, these three examples that we're seeing, the Bible is telling us, it's making us to understand that that these individuals are individuals that the issues that is going on in your life, you can be traced back. To what has gone before you. The anger that drove Moses. To lose the place of entering into the promised land. That he have suffered for, for over 40 years. It was anger that made him not to be able to enter that promised land. It was anger that, that, that allowed him to, you know, to forfeit that opportunity. To enter, to step into that promised land. And that anger came from his father. His forefather called Levi. And if you read that verse of the scripture very well, the Bible tells us in verse number seven, it says, "Cast be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And that is why you find that Israel, and had no land in the land of Israel. Because they became they had their part, they were scattered all over the entire tribes of Israel. The point we are making is that the root of Moses' anger was way back. Into what his forefathers did. Okay, the anger that cost him the entry, that cost him the promised land, was something that started in the life of, you know, of his parents. Now, these examples tell us that the script tell us that the struggles in our life, the struggles in the individual, in the life of an individual, can be traced to the generational links that might be in your life. Some of the things that are going on in our lives today, some of the things that we are experiencing today, might be might have what is called an ancestral root it might be something that is going on in your family for a very long time something that has existed in your family for a very long time so number 1 it might have a generational link number 2 it might have an ancestral root and number 4 no sorry number 3 it might have it might be hereditary while preparing for this particular message i was reading an article a scientific article and it says that and it was telling us that uh, there is a particular you know that the title of the article says bible and science confirms bible on generational causes. that was very interesting to me so i wanted to read it so when I saw the article says that new brain research revealed that your habits are passed to you, are passed to your children and your grandchildren. They've actually tested it you know, scientifically, they have tested it to find out that your behavior, your attitude, you know, is reflected in the lives of your children. And that's why you find that you are your mother, you, your mother, you are, you, you always argue because both of you look alike. You have almost basically the same, the same behavior. You look at your parent. One of the things that you hate so much, when you see your child, you can see those things in your children, and you say, I don't like this thing in my life, so I'm going to really stress this boy to get rid of it. There's a transparency, there's an hereditary link between those things. And the Lord is saying that some of the issues that we are facing today, some of the challenges that we are seeing in life, is as a result of the evil thing that our fathers have done in the past. We've all inherited things from our ancestors. We've all inherited some behavior, some proclivities, some activities, some attitude, some tendencies that we have inherited from our parents. The question is that, do you know the things that you have inherited from your parents that is troubling your life today? That is the question. What are the attitudes that you have received from, that you have inherited from your parent? Your some behaviors that you have inherited from your parent, some tendencies that you have inherited from your parent that is becoming a problem for you in terms of money, in terms of in terms of relationship, in terms of your career, in terms of discipline. What are those attitudes? What are those behaviors? Because my brothers and sisters, if you don't know those behaviors, if you don't understand how they operate, you will just find out that they continue to act as a stumbling block. To your progress, so why am I asking you the question this morning? Why are we talking about this particular generational stronghold this morning? I'm talking about this generational stronghold about it this morning because you need to recognize the realities of this particular strongholds. that certain things that have been in your family. Certain things I've been in my family, that if I do not take care of those things, if I do not pull those stronghold down, if I do not begin to clear my foundation, to make sure that certain things are not allowed to survive, I might end up repeating the mistakes of my father. I might end up repeating the mistakes of my mother. The thing where my father fell, there's a strong probability that I'm going to fall at the same spots. Because you saw the example in the life of Abraham. You saw it in the life of Isaac. The same thing that brought, that that, that was a blemish on Abraham's record was the same thing that was a blemish on the the son. That was the same thing that was in the problem, a problem with his grandson Jacob. So you need to, we're talking about this because you need to understand the reality of generational stronghold. Because what, you you must understand what you are up against. Number two, we're talking about it because this particular generational stronghold, they have powers. They have power to mess you up. They have power to alter. They have powers to delay. They have powers to be able to cost you, not to be able to get to the place that God has designed for you. If you don't know what you are dealing with, eventually what those things will deal with you. If you don't know that you have an anger problem, you are going to do things that will eventually cost you promotion, cost you blessings, because you don't know that you have to deal with them. So they have uh, generational, these generational strongholds, they have powers to alter our life. Not only that, their effect in our life is evidence. And that's why you see a young man, before you talk about money, the guy is a nice guy. He can do anything. He's as sweet as sweet can be. But as soon as you talk about money, everything changes for him. You know, he is so caught up with money that money is a major issue for him in his life. He's willing to take even the small, if he sees the money, that, you know, if he sees the corner of the road, that, anything that belong to him, as long as it's money, he's willing to take it. There's a group of people in the neck of the country where we come from, they say the only way you can find out that they are dead is to put money very close to them. <laughs> if you put money close to them and they don't wake up, you know they are dead. But if you put money there and they show you, and you know that, yeah, that's the truth. That's the true son of the soul. But the point we're making is that they have effect upon our lives. So in the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible tells us because when we're talking about this thing, it's not that you are not you are not powerless against them, you can do something about them, and that's what Paul the Apostle was telling us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you start reading from verse number 3, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, but though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in, uh, mighty in God for pulling down stronghold, casting down imagination and every height thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. From this verse of the scripture, the Bible is making us to understand. Number one, there is a reality of spiritual battles. You don't have to believe me, but that is the truth. He said "A weapon, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. In other words, the things that are stopping you from getting to where you are going, it's not just physical, it is spiritual. The power that is not allowing you to become the person that you ought to be, it's not just physical, it is spiritual. Sometimes, yes, we see a physical human being. Sometimes we talk about racism. Sometimes we talk about discrimination. Sometimes we talk about all sorts of things, economic inequalities and all those kind of things. Those are physical symptoms of a more deeper spiritual problem. And the Bible is making us to understand that. It said that though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Which means the reality of spiritual battles is very, very real. We can also see from the verse of the scripture that the Lord Almighty has given us access to weapons. He said, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, God has made available. He's not expecting you to fight a battle without the necessary weapon. He's not expecting you to begin to go into battle against unseen forces with physical weapons. Only happens in Hollywood, where you take a gun and you shoot spiritual things. But that is a different story for another day. God is saying that you have access to spiritual weapons. And not only that, the spiritual weapon that you have access to, they are powerful weapons. The Bible says that, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. What? In pulling down strongholds. Which means God's desire is that you do not live under the control of this particular stronghold. Now, the fact that you have a weapon does not mean, does not necessarily mean that you know how to use it. The fact that you know how to win a battle does not mean that you are going to win. Okay? To pull down stronghold, I'm going to go very quickly here. To pull down generational stronghold of the, that the enemy has built in our lives, we need to know, number one, the existence of those strongholds. You need to know exactly what is it in my life that reminds me of the failures of my family. What is it in my life that I see as a pattern in the life of all the other siblings, all the other members of the family? What is it? The existence of the stronghold, you have to know it if you want to pull it down. Number two, you have to know the origin of this particular stronghold. What brought this problem into my life? What brought this problem into my family? Why are we not able to excel? Why are we not able to break through? Why is there anybody where is there nobody in my family that is extremely successful? Why is there an illusion of success in my family? Why? You need to know the origin of that particular stronghold. Not only that, you need to know the purpose of the stronghold. What is it there to do? Is it there to keep you barren? Is it there to keep you unfruitful? Is it there to keep you in poverty? Is it there to keep you in sickness? What is the purpose of the stronghold? Not only that, you look at the impact of the stronghold. What are these things done in my life? This behavior that I see in my father, that I'm now seeing in my own life, what is the impact of that behavior? Does it mean that it's cutting people away from me? Is it making me poor in terms of social relationship? Is it making me poor financially? Is it making me poor in terms of the spiritual thing? What is the impact of this behavior that is common in my family? What is this? Not only that, you need to not ask yourself, how do I deal with this particular problem? <laughs> knowing a problem is good, but knowing how to deal with that problem is even better. Okay. If i have headache and i don't know what to do with it yes it's good for me to know that i have headache but i mean what do i do with it what do i do with it how do i get rid of it so you need to know how to eliminate the stronghold and then you need to have the power to eliminate that particular stronghold because if you ha- if you know how to eliminate and you don't have the means or the power you'll find that knowing about it will not be able, will not be able to help you so please understand that trying to pull down a stronghold that you do not fully understand is a defeating exercise. You are trying to fix something in your life, but you don't really understand it. You don't even know where it came from. You don't understand how it operates. You are going to waste your time. How many of the men are here, you buy a new equipment and you bother, you don't even bother to read instruction. You think that you are smarter than the manufacturer. Those of us but if you live in America, you are, you, are, you are your own carpenter. You buy the box, they give you, they give you a table and they bring it in pieces. And then they put a manual there. And those of us, because we are men, we are smartest people on earth. So we open the container, we start fixing. We don't even read the container. We don't even read the instruction. When you get to a sentence where well, "ah, this thing doesn't look," that's why they put instruction there in the first place. So if you don't understand what you are trying to fix, if you don't understand the situation that is going on in your life, how are you going to be able to deal with it? So attempting to pull down a struggle without knowing the origin or the purpose of that origin of the or the purpose of that struggle is a waste of time confronting a stronghold without the power to dislodge it is a recipe for disaster. You are trying to face a battle. You are trying to challenge something that you don't have the power to fight or you don't have the power to overcome. Joshua now decides to come into battle with me. I can tie one of my hands at the back, close my eyes and just punch it with one hand. That's all I need to do because I know it can beat me. If Joshua beat me, you know there's probable, you know. (laughs) But the point you are making is that if you do not have the power, if you do not have the means, if you do not have the capacity to deal with the issues in your life, if you open that kind of womb, you are looking for trouble. You are looking for trouble. So confronting a struggle without the knowledge and the power to dislodge it is asking for trouble. This morning, if we are going to pull that generational struggle, we must not only know what they are; we must be ready to find out how to equip ourselves to you know, to get rid of them. But before you do that, you need to understand what generational struggles are. What are these things that I'm calling generational strongholds? I'm going to give you an override, you know, a, a kind of a, a high-level definition. Generational strongholds are the repeated or recurring pattern that flows from one generation to another. In other words, there is a particular pattern that flows in the family. People get to the age of 40 and they die. Or the men will never get married. Or they never get a good job. Or the women are the ones that will do all the work in the family. The men will just sit down, they will be lazy, they will just be drinking beer whatever the issue is, with, there is a pattern that goes on in that family and if you notice in your own family that in, that in that family, nobody is able to graduate nobody is able to get married nobody is able to settle down there is this vagabond spirit that goes over their life you know that is, that is an issue because if there is a pattern you can see that pattern going from one particular person to another person now you might have a little bit of variation, but you will find that the underlying problem is the same. So generational strongholds are repeated or recurring or pattern that flows from one generation to another. In Exodus chapter 20, the Bible tells us that for I, the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their fathers to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandment. Now from this verse of the scripture, you will see that generational stronghold originates from the sins of the fathers. The behavior, certain things that your fathers were doing in the past. You begin to see that, you know, that is how it starts. That is where the trouble starts. And that's where the enemy builds that particular stronghold and uses it as a launchpad to enter into your life. Not only that, generational stronghold is sustained by the ignorance of the sins of the fathers. In other words, if you don't know the things that your fathers have done, if you don't know the sins that they have committed, there is a strong probability that you are going to repeat exactly the same thing. And that's why the Bible says that it, it, you know it punishes the sin of the father to the third and the fourth generation of those that hate me. In other words, those who continue to repeat the same mistakes, they will continue to get the same results. And not only that, generational stronghold continue through the repetition of ancestral sins. You keep repeating the same mistakes. keep doing exactly the same thing. And as long as you keep doing exactly the same thing, you are going to continue to get the same results. The question then is that how do you recognize generational stronghold in your life? How do you recognize it? Number one, you recognize it by recurring pattern of behavior in the family. What you see in Aunt A is what you see in Cousin B is what you see in Uncle C. The same behavior, the same pattern is going on. Not only that, it's true similarities in affliction. They are all suffering the same kind of affliction. They are all suffering the same kind of problem. Not only that, it's they are stumbling at the same spots. In other words, everything is going on very well for them. And then they hit a particular peak. And all of a sudden, they go back to zero again. They start moving up. They start moving up. They start moving up. All of a sudden, they hit a particular place. And they start going down. The children start doing well. Start doing well. All of a sudden, they get to a particular age. Everything falls apart. They get to a particular place in their marriage, all is going on well, and then something happens and it messes them all. There is a stumbling, there is a stumbling, po- a stumbling block at the same spot or the same kind of problem that uh, that that is common to them all. And then you also have, you know, that you have a generational stronghold when you have repeated pattern of failures, repeated pattern of failure. You check the life of this, you check the life of the father, he's failing at the particular thing. You check the life of the son, the same thing is repeated. You check the life of the uncles, the same thing is going on. So there's a repeated pattern of failure going on. And the question is, what is the effect of this particular stronghold? When you find that going on in your life, when you find that, when I find them going on in my life, what are the effects? The first effect is that it holds you captive. You are not able to break free. You know that you can do more. You know that you can get to, you know, you can accomplish more. You know that you are smart. You know that you are resourceful. You are not a lazy person. But for some reason, there is this invisible cord that that seems to be tying you down. There is this invisible wall that you are not able to leap over. That is the, you know, that is the effect because it holds you captive. Number two, it makes you, it makes your, your effort to be unproductive. You put in a lot of effort, but you are not able to see the results. You are putting a level of strength, you are putting a lot of, you know, you are are, are praying like every other person is praying, fasting like every other person is fasting, but you find that that you are not seeing the commensurate results, on profitable level, not only that, you have what is called a slippery success, the near success syndrome. In other words, you are about to get to that place, you are about to cross the line, and they change the rule. You're about to cross the line and they say the application is closed. You're about to cross the line and that is when the director dies or somebody dies or something changes or there's a coup in Nigeria or something is going, I mean, all sorts of crazy things happen. When every other person is about to get, when they get it, when you are almost getting there, things just happen. What is easy for other people becomes extremely difficult for you. What other people are able to accomplish in no time, you will take forever to accomplish it. That is a sign that something else, something is wrong somewhere. And there's what is called the aborted and wasted potential. There is a, you know, when you, when you find that you have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z, but you're not able to get there. And then there's also the blocking of the flow of blessing. You find out that you are not able. The blessing that When I mean, you come to a meeting, you come to a church. There's a strong anointing in the room. Other people are receiving miracle, but you are not able to receive. It. Other people are praying and they are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. You are finding it very difficult to do. You are. Other people are reading the scriptures, they are understanding. You find that your mind is wandering. Something is going on. There's a blockage in the flow of blessing. The question is, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? To effectively pull down the spiritual struggle of the enemy in our lives, you must understand the weapons that God has made available for you. And the Bible makes us to understand that these weapons are very clear. Ephesians chapter 6 reading from verse number 10, the Bible says, Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against power. Against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Paul knew. Exactly what we are fighting against. It's saying your problem is not that guy sitting next to you in the office. Your problem is not that particular woman in the village. Your problem is not the issues of the people that you think don't like you. The Bible said we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in high places, uh, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, there's a lot of, you know, the, 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 host of hell that we are dealing with, they do not occupy the physical realm. Though they use individuals as they to, to accomplish their aim, they do not occupy the physical, the spiritual, uh, the physical realm. They occupy the spiritual realm. And therefore, the Bible now says, it says, take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil days, and haven't done all to stand. And then from verse number fourteen, it begins to outline each of those armor, each of those weapons. There are defensive weapons, there are offensive weapons. That's not what we're talking about today. We're just going to highlight the uh, we are going to highlight the weapons that you have. The first one, the Lord is saying that take on the weapon of truth. If you are going to pull down the strongholds of generational stronghold in your life, you need to know the truth. Know the truth about your family. Know the truth about where they came from. The things that they were doing. What they were engaging. Know the truth. Number two, there's a weapon of righteousness. You have to be rightly positioned with the almighty God. You have to be positioned with, rightly positioned with the almighty God. You have to be in proper standing with him if you are going to fight it. Number three, there has to be a weapon of peace. We are talking about peace with the almighty God that comes as a result of salvation. Not only that it has to be a weapon of faith. The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. That he that come unto him must believe that he is. And is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You cannot fight this battle unless you believe that God will fight for you. Not only that it has to be a weapon of salvation. A relationship with the almighty God must be there. There has to be the weapon of the word of God. The Bible makes us to understand by the word of God the whole heaven was created. By the word of the almighty God the devil that is hated will always and it is the word, it is the written word That gives us the victory Jesus when he was fighting with the devil In, the, in his 40 days of fasting The Bible said that Jesus Christ won the victory He said it is written And he said that the Bible tells in the book of Revelation I think in Revelation 12 He said they overcame by the word of their testimony The word of God is what gives you the victory Number 5 It is also the weapon of prayer If you don't know how to pray I don't know how you are going to win this particular battle You have to know how to pray. You have to know how to pray all kinds of prayer. You have to be able to know the prayers of supplication, the prayers of warfare, the prayers of, uh, the prayers of God Almighty, the the prayers of intercession, all sorts of prayer. You have to know how to pray them because that is what you give you the victory. Not only that, uh, they must be able to stand, stand strong. But when you do all these, uh, after you are, you know, that is when you have a fighting chance to break generational stronghold in our lives. And when you do break that particular generational struggle, you will find that you will deliver yourself from collective captivity. What do I mean by that? What is going on in the rest of your family? You find that you look like an exception. You look like a different person. When everybody is falling down, you find out that you are standing. When everybody is having calamity, you find that you are not. It's not happening to you. The Bible says, "A thousand will fall at your side; ten thousand at your right hand side." He said, "Do not come near you." That is only possible if you have been able to break down. This generation has strong goal in your family. So you deliver yourself from collective captivity. Number two, you deliver yourself from the circle of affliction. The circle of affliction that have engulfed your family, you are able to deliver yourself. Not only that, you deliver yourself from truncated break- breakthroughs. The breakthrough that other people do not have, you will begin to have it. The things that they say is impossible for your family, you find that it becomes possible for you. Not only that, you begin to destroy the evil roots. The roots that produce the bitter seeds. The roots that produce the disappointment, the roots that produce the things that you do not like in your life. When you are able to break generational stronghold, you deliver yourself and you destroy those roots, and you stop the flow of evil rivers in your life. You stop the flow of evil coming, evil, evil relationship, evil, evil, produ- evil product in your life. You stop that flow of the evil river. The things that are common to your family, evil things that are common to your family, you put an end to it when you are able to break generational strongholds. The fact is that we have a weapon that we can use and when you use that weapon results will follow. To pull down the stronghold, to pull down the original stronghold in our life we must be ready not just to confront but to be able to fight and pull them down. To break the powers of the original stronghold in our life we must be ready to confront and to uproot every evil seed planted by our foundation the question this this morning is there are you ready to make that particular confrontation that's the question are you ready to challenge those things that are in your life i know you know you know what it is that is holding you back you know the things that you are that you are asking the lord why is this in my life if you are ready to deal with it you have to be willing to be able to face it and to pull it out
0: thank you very much for listening to our program today